0: I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 10. Want to rock your mortgage business? Then crank up the volume with your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Holly Cochran. Holly is a mortgage broker with Mortgage Architects. She is based out of Stony Plain and First Grove. She's been a mortgage broker for three years, but have been in banking for the last 19 years. Hi, Holly. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing, Scott? So, Holly, would you just take a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business?
1: Hmm. Well, uh, like you said, I've been um, brokering for the last three years. Prior to that, I worked for a major financial institution doing mortgages. Um, both I started out in the branch and then I moved over to their mortgage specialist role. Um, my market areas always remain the same, um, primarily Spruce Grove and Stony Plain. And um, uh, the main focus for me is uh, I have in-house relationships with 2 Remax RE-MAX offices and I, I work... Uh, I work very closely with realtors.
0: And so tell me a little bit about your, you were in your bank in banking for a while and you became a broker. But what about your part, like, do you have kids? What about that part of your life? Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. <laughs> I actually started doing this, um, yeah, when when my bank uh, merged with another bank, I started uh, the mor- mortgage specialist role um, because my children were a little bit older. So I have uh, that was like what fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago now. So I have a daughter who's twenty three and a son who's nineteen. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm kidless now.
0: Any of your kids interested in joining the business?
1: No. <laughs> i think that's typical i I think it's typical that they see they see their mother goes through and and uh they don't want uh they see it like they don't want to be consumed with work all the time right
0: so right yeah yeah. it's it's definitely a it's a full-time job as we were saying just before we got on the air this is not something that you can do very well part-time for very long no and and so just
1: also for for me when i was at the bank i took a stint um managing and uh The stint I took managing was over like a four-year period of time, and um, in that time was when we had our boom in Alberta. So I missed missed the market. So my focus is a lot um, stronger now because, you know, I I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of, um, you know, I want to work hard for the next five or ten years, and then I'm retiring. So it's go bigger, or go home right now
0: so right and, and so the transition from working at a bank bank special or being in a branch 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 special or mortgage specialist then to broker so just tell talk about a little bit about that transition what prompted you to make the jump from mortgage specialist to broker
1: um you know what it was it was a thought it started out as a thought right and then for me it's like i started experiencing um, situations where a, a client I, I, I could have helped the year before I couldn't help um, just because of process changes at the bank uh, along with them. Um, you know, the bank just kind of moving their, their uh, center from the west out to the east. So there's just a whole bunch of changes, which they have absolutely the right to do, but it just made me look at my business. So then I then I took on had hat of, okay, what would it look like if I was a mortgage broker? And I, I tried that hot hat on in my head for about a year um, before the decision was finally made that, you know what, I got to give this a try because my service level was dropping off because I couldn't do the deals I used to do. And um, when, you're, when you're in a referral-based uh, business, you can't have that happen. If you say no to the realtors more than a few times, uh, you know what, they're looking for somebody else, right? So that's really what prompted me to do it and uh, transition wise uh, it was a challenge no doubt but um, I was fortunate to have um, six other people walk beside me Um, there was a a few of us that all left together and we jumped into it together and supported
0: one another and it it worked out well that's good so what was my wife also started in banking and then became a broker and so what was your biggest surprise going from being at the branch to, to switching to mortgage brokering
1: Oh, my biggest surprise. You know, I thought I knew the job. (laughs) I knew how to do a mortgage, right? And I I knew how to do a mortgage well. But I I really didn't understand the mortgage brokering side of things, you know, status, volume, bonus. What do you mean I have to prove to you who I am? You know, like, that part was a bit of a, a learning a learning curve, but it didn't take long. I mean, it just is, It made sense. Um, it didn't take long to kind of jump right into it. And, you know, people are people, whether it be an underwriter at one bank versus another, it's all about relationships. So it was a bit of a shock, uh, but... It, you
0: know, I, we adopted and I adopted very quickly to it. Yeah, that's the same thing my wife actually said. She thought she thought she was pretty good at lending and then she switched to this and she's like, wow, there's so many more options and so much more to keep track of that it uh, it really, it, you know, she had, there was a learning curve, but she's just like you, she's smart and was able to catch on pretty quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So before we dive into your story, I always like to start with a success quote that has impacted your life or business. So can you share with us a quote that you've, that's really uh, made an impact for you?
1: You know, I thought long and hard about this one because he helped out with giving some questions ahead of time. It's like, I don't have one. <laughs> like, you know, I I think integrity is, is huge. Um, I don't have a quote attached to it. I think, you know, under-promise, over-deliver is something that I've always tried to live by. Um, you know, there's so many. There's so many just little things that it's like, you know, just be truthful, be honest, be care. you know you know, treat every client the way you'd want to be treated. You know, all of those things are are mixed into my business.
0: So I like that. The first one I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna camp out on. So under promise over deliver. So I, I totally agree. I think that it's all about our business is a lot about managing expectations. So can you share an example of a time that you were able to apply that, that, that idea or that concept to your business?
1: Um, actually, just happened last week, um, I had a client who wanted to go to a lender just based on a relationship that he had for many years that um, I said to him, you know, um, here's the thing, uh, absolutely we can go to that lender, but this is the way it's going to feel, this is what it's going to look like, it's going to cause you stress, but you know, as long as you're prepared to kind of work through this, I'll do what I can to make it all work for you. And he said, yeah, I, I'm ready for it, Holly. So you know, I, I gave him a turnaround time of about six, seven days, and um, I don't know what happened that day because I, I was, I I didn't feel like I was um, under promising, but I, I felt like I was setting the right expectation. Uh, Anyway, I was able to deliver a commitment within two days, um, and he was shocked, right? So he was like, wow, you know, thanks so much for your help. And I just think that, you know, just communicating what some of the challenges can be in our business instead of just ignoring it and saying, you know, like the phone's ringing and it's your client who has a condition of financing two days from now. Well, you don't have an answer for them but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't talk to them. And and I hear that time and time again. People say, you know, I was dealing with a mortgage broker or bank specialist and they're not returning my call. It's like, sure. this is one of the most stressful times for clients and they, they need to hear from you every single day to say where you're at. That's what you should be doing.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. You know, it's, it's funny because when, on the flip side, I, I'm, when an underwriter's not getting back to you, you're, you know, you're calling them, emailing them, and you want an answer, and you're like, why are they not? It's so... Um, it's so stressful and it makes you and the, the client feels the same way because to them it's the same relationship They're wait, they need to wait to hear from you and if you don't at least explain to them where everything's at then it, it does create a whole bunch of angst and yeah it's it's something and, but you know when you do when, typically I've found anything myself when I haven't been as quick to want to pick up that phone it's because things are not going as well as you'd like and you you, you want to have a, a good answer not a I don't know answer and so but it's probably better to just say, I don't know yet, and here's where we're at, than to not say anything.
1: I try, like, if I, I get the sense from the client, kind of read your client a bit too, that they're the type of client that wants to be communicated with regularly, I try and jump beat them to it and just say, here's what we're at today, right? So this is, what, this is where we're at, um, this is what my plan is going to be if we don't hear by this time, you know, just
0: communication. Can Lots you, of communication. Right. That's fantastic. So can you share, I, I also find that talking to mortgage brokers, entrepreneurs, that we all have had failures in life and thing. I know I have, I've made some, some mistakes. And can you share an example of something you failed at and the, the lesson that you learned from it?
1: Sure. Um, when I first started out as a mortgage specialist with the bank, um, the bank was just getting into the, um, let's develop in-house relationships with realtors. So the bank made us pay a portion of what they considered to be the desk fee um, so we'd have skin in the game, right? And uh, um, I was really fortunate, and I got two little offices right off the bat. Um, And although I won't say it was complete failure, uh, I would say that it wasn't as successful as I'd want it to be, and I learned a ton from it. It was like... I had the expectation that because I was paying a desk fee and because I was sitting in that office, that those realtors would deal with me. Like, like why aren't the deals just coming onto my desk? What's what's going on here? Um, So I kind of went through that for two, three years in terms of, you know, it, it came after a while, but it still, to me, wasn't what I expected it to be. Um, and I, I learned a great deal from that. and I didn't learn it until um, I didn't really see the issues or the problems or understand what was going on until I became a manager. And it was, you know, the right to be in an office just doesn't, you know, it comes from the broker owner saying yes, but ultimately um, these people are independent um, business people who, uh, who need people to build a relationship with. So I had the expectation I was just going to get the business, but I didn't do the work to get the relationship that, that would actually bring the business in. So that's what I learned from it. And so when I um, went back in the second time after taking a manager's role for five years, my approach was completely different, completely different. And um, now it's, it's the, the, a large percentage of where I get my business from is from um, the realtors within my in-house.
0: So, can you give me an example of like when you say your approach was different? So, what's some of the things that you did to to build those relationships to with those initially when you got into that office? Uh,
1: initially or the second time around?
0: The second time, yes, right after you learned the lesson of you can't just sit and hope that they're gonna bring you work.
1: Yeah, uh, you know what? I started sharing. Um, uh, I didn't go after it hard in terms of deal with me, deal with me. I, I didn't do any lame um, you know, schmoozy sales approach. Um, I, I under-promised that I over-delivered. Um, I relied on um, monthly meetings to share my success stories, to educate them within the market. Um, I became part of them in terms of, you know, participating in the community event that they were at, um, you know, their golf tournaments. I just became part of the family. Um, Instead of being an outsider within, I became an insider. And uh, uh, now uh, I don't have to promote myself anymore within the office. They promote they promote me. Right. right? But like the broker owner, I actually had a, uh, when I went back in the second time, we sat and dissected what happened the first time. And, um, you know, I I told him, you know, he couldn't just sit back and collect the check and expect the business to come either. If he wanted the check to increase and he needed to be a partner with me to make sure that happened. And, you know, this is the way I feel I need his support and it worked. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I know in the past, I've been in a real estate office before, and you know, same thing, you think, okay, there's however many realtors, you think this is going to be fantastic, but there is a, and you, there's still, it's on you to to build those relationships. What I found I like doing was sharing stories at those meetings, so I'd always give a story of, you know, something that had happened, and I wouldn't go into, you know, the names and stuff, but just so that they would go, oh, okay, if I run into that situation, I can, I didn't know, and I always wanted to leave them with. I didn't know that because then they they really start to think that you're the 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 expert, right? So you try to create, you try mm-hmm. to tell a story of a some a problem you solved for someone, and then they would go, "Oh, ma'am, next time I need to someone, you know, talk to Holly or Scott or whoever they're you're dealing with."
1: Yeah, you know, the real estate business is fast paced, right? If you you've got five or six days, and in those five or six days, the realtors. Uh, relationship, the realtor's reputation, and the realtor's paychecks on the table for them. So there's a lot of stress for them in those five or six days in terms of making sure that um, the person that's taking care of the clients the mortgage needs is doing a good job, right? Mm -hmm. So I think realtors over the past 10 years have really evolved to understand it's important for them to own that relationship, not for... Not. I mean, I, I think that it's a, a bit of a fine line, too. They can't necessarily tell the clients what to do, but they can share their, their stories, you know. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Um, you want to go back to your person that you dealt with at the bank. This has been my experience in the last little while. Why don't you give my person a call, you know. So that has changed a lot, and I think that um, it's important to, you know, Look at a, a real estate office and say, How can I support you? You know, not necessarily, Here, give me, a, give me the referrals, right?
0: Right, that's great. And so, another thing, switching gears a little bit, another thing I noticed that successful mortgage brokers have is they have a process or a system. So, and they have it in different parts of their business administrative systems, they have sales systems and processes and they're also willing to make some adjustments as the market seems fit or as what seems to be working so can you share an example of a process it can be sales or administrative that maybe wasn't working the way you liked and then an adjustment that you made and the outcome you got
1: well from a sales perspective i think that i covered that off in the, the last question but from a uh, back office at Min. I think it's important to be organized and I think it's important to um, know where you're at every single day with every single file. Um, so uh, I made a commitment to myself last year that I was going to go paperless. So I've done that. I'm completely paperless. I have a little book that I walk around with alongside a, uh, um, a Mac computer and that's that's it. Um, I utilize a a cloud for my files. Um, Within the cloud, I'm organized in terms of the stages of the file, so whether it be a new file, um, a file that's uh, out to the lender in terms of either pre-approved or live. Um, Once they're back, there's a file for pre-approved. Within once they're approved, I've conditionally approved files, both builder and, you know, um, and just other files. And then I've got uh, files for when clients are up for signing. So at a, a snapshot, I can go into my uh, cloud and I can see where is each file at and what do I need to do with that file today? Mm-hmm. So. I'm a big list maker and also I tried actually to go paperless with lists this year um, just to make myself a to-do every day in my inbox. But I haven't really adapted to that yet, but I have a, a to-do in my book and every single day uh, the to-do is, it's actually touched about four times a day. Um, the, the last thing I do every single night is I quickly write down the things that I need to do the next morning just off the top of my head before I shut down and then first thing in the morning before I well while I'm having my coffee I go through my inbox and I go through my um, uh, my cloud and I look at every file and I say what do I need to do with that file today and I give myself another to-do list and then I manage that list all day long and things go off of it come on it go off of it come on it and and it just keeps me organized, like, uh, and I, I don't know, I can't tell you how much more productive I am since I, um, I created that system. It's unbelievable. It's probably improved. I had a full-time assistant the year before, and I'm now down to really, I'd say, half-time support, and I'm doing as much volume or more without somebody around because I'm organized.
0: Right, because of this, because of the system. So when you said this, I love this. By the way, this is totally your, up my alley as far as uh, the administrative process. So you said that you're going paperless. So your clients, they must you must have paper for them, though, right? You still get them to sign a paper copy, or do, you, do they sign electronically? Well, it
1: depends on the client. But um, if a client insists on meeting face to face, or that's what they want to do, I sit down with them and I make sure that I'm usually in front of a scanner. So what I do is I meet with them. I have them sign their set of documents and then I scan to myself. I make sure I get the email and then I send them on the way with one set of documents. So I only print I only I excuse me. I only print one set of documents. I don't print more than one, ever.
0: Okay, yeah, that's that's great. And then you have an assistant or assistant process as well, right?
1: that's right so I have um, I hired a company last year I was struggling with having um, um, assistants leave me constantly and it was frustrating so I um, just by fluke I was uh, out for lunch with a a friend of mine who has an NIN based business and she um, she fills in for um, uh, doctor's offices primarily Um, but it's a little bit more than say that you know um uh, I don't know, temporary worker. She, she actually sits down with the doctor. She sits down with the doctor and finds out how, what makes their business run, what kind of support they need, and she creates um, standard operating procedures for every task, okay? So I, I said, well, you know, if you know anybody that can help me, why, you know, let me know. And she said, well, why don't you let us? And so I, I sat with her for a month uh, on and off, and we developed... Um, a standard operating procedures for my business so the, the I guess the thing that works is number one um, anything they do for me is directed so they're not involved in my business I tell them what I want done but I don't have to tell them all the time so for example um, they know the process when you get a new file because we have a standard operating procedure for that. So I send an email to them and I say new file, client's name, who referred it, uh, the notes to the file, um, and the documents attached. They divide it, they organize it, they add the contact to my, uh, my uh, uh, contact list within my email. And they add, um, you know, if there's a purchase agreement, they add the condition of financing and the possession date on my calendar. Uh, they create a deal note sheet so anybody in my business or that supports me can go in and see where the file is at. Um, they upload the documents for consent for the credit bureau, rate to workbench. So anything directed, that's what they do. When I get a conditional approval in, uh, I send a note to them saying, um, here's a commitment, pull the commitment and prepare docs. That's all I say, and then they go in and they prepare the documents for signing. So they add whatever docs are missing, whether it be gift letter, uh the commitment, the pad um you know if if it was a web app and I need a written consent, she gets that at that time um, and then in within the folder within the cloud there's a there's a a, a new fol- a new document called unsigned Documents. I then either print that off and put it in the folder and meet with the client, or a template has been made with the assistance of them for every single lender that has a shell for how to sign a TD set of documents, how to sign a MCap set of documents. And then the email just goes out to
0: the client. I I love that. That is so, you know, when we were talking before we got on the air to do this, you'd said, well, you know, I don't know. I just kind of do what I do. And you do what you do. But again, after the 26 years you've been doing this and, and learning how to make your processes efficient so you're able to be more profitable and less stressed, this is like, this is money. I love the the how the efficiency of this and i agree as a mortgage broker today we need to be thinking more about how do we how do we take advantage of technology and be able to still deliver a high amount of service to our clients so good on you for finding a solution that uh, this is this awesome so I'm, mm-hmm. I know, I, I, when we talked about it briefly before, I was hoping you were going to talk about it, so I sort of led you there. I was like, I hope she mentions this, <laughs> and I kind of led it, and I'm like, yes! Uh, she did. She talked about it. I'm really this. proud of it, too. So it's
1: like, you know, it's, it was a long time coming. I wasn't the most organized person, and now it's like, I can just, at a drop of a hat, know where everything's at, and it's such, It's like, I don't have a lot of stress when it comes to do with the paper anymore. It's just there.
0: Right you know? now it's just the, getting the lenders to give you, to uh, issue the approval.
1: Mhm
0: is the tricky bit so okay oh well, yeah
1: I and mean, you know what and that's my job right,
0: right. that's like, exactly that's what you get paid for in order to, to that's
1: yeah, where. yeah I used to have assistance that I wanted I, I, when I first started this I thought oh I'm gonna eventually I'm gonna be the person that goes and gets a business and and uh, then I'll have an, an underwriter kind of underwrite the file for me in terms of get it out the under and I tried that it didn't work um, the reason it didn't work for me is A I'm probably too much of a control freak and um, I'm just not at the level of my business where I'm ready to let it go. Um, I think that uh, the, the, the people that deserve my attention the most are my client, my realtor, and my underwriter. Right. Right? So I'm involved in that process. I have support at the beginning, and I have support at the end. My job is the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me the money. <laughs> and that's what makes me successful within my clients, with my clients and my realtors, right? So if you're going to have a bad experience, you know, hopefully it's not there. If we miss something on the front or we miss something on the back in terms of, oh, I forgot to get you to sign this form, the clients going to be upset about that. But in the middle, if there's a miscommunication, and that's what I was finding a struggle with uh, with assistance is this, too much up in my head in order to tell somebody, like, you know, this is where the file's are. this is what I want you to do. They don't always hear what you say. So if I own the part that matters, the rest of it, it, it it's, if you make a mistake, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But if you make a mistake on, oh, you know, I wanted to put 15% down instead of, you know, or I wanted to put 5% down and you got me approved at 10, or I didn't want to pay that debt out, That's a, that's a critical piece, so that's mine.
0: I love that own the part that matters that, that, mm-hmm. that actually the question I was going to ask you is what habits made you successful but you just answered it before I asked you the question so good job uh, that I'm going to switch gears again a little bit to talk about um, recurring revenue or diversifying your income so I've heard a lot of talk in our industry about this the need or the importance of diversifying income and I just wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, are, is it something that you're looking at doing or is it something that you're not looking at doing
1: No, I I actually, and I think, you know, I have a pretty strong opinion about it, but, um, and it comes from not being open, it comes from doing that, okay? when I worked in the bank, I was a financial advisor. That's what I was called, and uh, I started out lending, but I also did accounts. And then all of a sudden, it was like, "Well, we want you to get your uh, financial planning certification, and you know, we'd also like you to delve a little bit into small business banking, right?" And it's like, my hat was so full, uh, I just really couldn't become an expert at anything. And I I came to a fork in the road, and I said, okay. I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do this, and I, I don't feel that I'm I'm really good at anything because I'm way too involved. So I I made the shift to mortgage specialist, and um, that's where I found out. That's the best, That's what I was the best at. Right. Didn't mean, I, I think it's good to have an understanding of all those other products in terms of, say, life insurance, in terms of, you know, to have a proper con- conversation with a client about a mortgage, I think you do need to know what their goals are going forward. So, you know, a little bit of financial planning has to be kind of put in there. So I think to have the knowledge is great, but I rely on referrals from realtors to grow my business and maintain my business, and from others, right? So I look at it like I wanna have those professionals surrounded around me in terms of, I have a financial planner that I refer to. I have a small business banking person that I refer to. I have somebody even on within mortgages um, that I refer to on, on commercial deals, on private mortgage deals. Um, and I also have um, insurance people. And my focus is on what I do best. doesn't mean that I ignore those other things and don't, don't think they're important, but I recognize that it's important to have partners around you that, that make you look good. So I, that's, what I, that's what I do. I, I don't try and sell 50 million things. I don't expect a, 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 a referral fee from those people. All I expect is that they refer their clients back to me
0: right just trade business i remember many years ago when i first got into brokering i met with bob ward and with my business partner and this me and this guy we were quite we, we were quite exuberant and excited about all the things that we were going to do or could do and Bob listened to us as we were you know talking about it, and he's just listening and listening, and finally, after we're done, he gets up and he walks up to the whiteboard, and he writes the word mortgages on it, and then he writes a circle around it, and he's like, "If you just do that, you'll do just fine, and basically telling us we need to focus right I, it took yeah. me many it took me many years to actually listen like now I feel like ba- okay you know, he's like just do this, you don't need to do all that stuff and because we were like we were on the whiteboard doing this, and then we could do that, and he's just like. You know, looking at us as a yep. guy with wisdom, looking at these two young guys, going, "You, you guys are, you guys are out to lunch." <laughs> so.
1: You know, when I was a manager, um, I I was approached by several different people who'd never been in the industry, and so I was like, you know, everybody heard the gravy train of uh, what a mortgage specialist broker could make, and it was like, okay, I'll just go sign up for this course and and you know, all the fun line. This is who I am, right? So I used to make those people go through a practice of, what are you gonna do in the first whatever many days uh, to become a specialist? And you wouldn't believe how many people I turned away because they couldn't even answer that question. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you go, you might be a good salesperson, but how are you gonna understand the nuances of a mortgage? Right, like, I think that's lost in translation today. It's, it's lost it's people are focused on you know internet and, and I get that that's where a lot of the clients go but if they go to the internet and they come to you but you don't know how to put a deal together what is the point
0: right what's the point of spending money to get them to call you if you can't yeah put put it together
1: yeah
0: okay so now I'm gonna to switch to the rapid-fire questions so these questions you can answer a little shorter answers if you like so what is the number one thing holding most mortgage brokers back from being successful
1: um, well I kind of answer that become a, an expert stop waiting for someone or something to make you successful
0: do you have an internet resource a program actually I'd like to ask you what your CRM you use and then another program that you use that helps your bus- you run your business uh,
1: but you know what honestly I use what the company provides um, I use Eximius for um, all of my backend.
0: and then what, I any I other, really any other programs outside of that is there, is there anything else that you use?
1: No. No. Is there anything else? I have to think about it. Well, I mean, I, of course, I have a website, and of course, I have Facebook and Twitter and all that. But I, 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 I don't. That's. Not my focus. Again, I hired people to make sure that I have a presence there, but I'm sure I can optimize it more in this. Might be something that I can learn from oh, that.
0: Okay, so there's a perfect. So what? Who do you who do you use to that takes care of some of that um, social media stuff for you? I uh, yeah, I have Roar Solutions managing that for me. Roar. Okay. Cool. And do you if you had a book you could recommend our listeners? What would it be?
1: You know that one was like oh my goodness. I don't I don't that's I don't I don't have a book I'm sorry I'm not a I'm not a I'm a more like a, I'll listen to other people like what you're doing Scott that's what I do right I, I listen to successful people and I, I try and learn something from every interaction that I have
0: okay awesome you don't you don't have to have a book it's just just uh and I don't have a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay what, so where do you think our industry is headed right now where's the opportunity
1: uh, I really do think the uh, opportunity is more within the Alt-A, absolutely. Um, and I really think that as a mortgage, uh, mortgage brokers have the opportunity right now, there's people in the bank, they only have one product. And uh, it's the reason I made the move. And I believe it's going to become more and more important for you to have more more product. In terms of mortgage in your pocket, right? Because of policy changes, appetites, rules—you know—all of those things. I think it's important for for our industry to be well armed with, um, with, with that. So,
0: right. It's like playing golf with only one golf club in your bag. Exactly, and yeah, you, mortgage I brokers. I think you'll
1: see a shift of more uh, bank specialists who are good at what they do, looking at the, the mortgage
0: brokerage profession. Right. You need different clubs for different situations and and we we even as brokers need to be thinking about we may have to pick up that case and different club to put in there because of what's the current market app like you said market appetites mm-hmm. so my one of my last question is so if you sold your business and you move somewhere about the size of Edmonton and the same actually with warmer temperatures just just joking and uh, (laughs) and if you um, decided hey look I want to start a mortgage business again and you can't contact your old clients because you have a contract and you were starting from fresh but you have the same knowledge What would be like three things that you'd want to do to start your this new business going as a mortgage broker
1: I'm I'm lucky I did this so I left for five years and I came back and and I wasn't allowed to kind of do so what it what would I do I think it's important to connect to your community whatever that community be. So, you know, if it's based on, um, you know, a, a geographical thing, if it's based on a culture, if it's based on a... I think it's important to do that. I think it's important to rely on others. Uh, you know, um, if you've got referral sources within one community, ask them if they have leads into the next. Um, Uh, I think it's important to be seen you know if you're going into a brand new community I think it's important to join um, um, you know a chamber or a rotary club or you know something just get involved
0: okay and and so when you started your business again kind of after that five year break you that's what you did right you just get get entrenched in the community get to know people and and find out ways how you can serve them right So, uh, are you guys hiring right now?
1: Am I hiring? Absolutely, always hiring.
0: Okay, so where can people find you online?
1: Uh, My website, www.hollycochran.com.
0: Okay. So thank you, Holly, for agreeing to do this interview. Uh, it's been fantastic from your bank manager to mortgage specialist to mortgage broker and and uh, just the processes that you've put in place. It's interesting when I talk to people who've been, has got them out of experience, you've got much more experience than me, but people who have the experience you have, they typically are not so keen to take on you know, new technologies or new ways of doing things and you are embracing them like crazy. And so I think that's awesome. And we all need to, to be more like that. So if our listeners want to find it from this show or other shows that we have, they can go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com and in the search bar type in the name Holly and they'll find the show notes along with links and they can track down Holly if they are looking to hire. Thanks again, Holly. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Scott. Want to rock your mortgage business? Then crank up the volume with your host, Scott Techford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. If you enjoyed this interview, please take a minute, visit iTunes, and rate this podcast. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next month. Okay, that's not true, but I would really appreciate it. Also, I want to invite you to join me on a quest. After every episode, I personally take five minutes and think about one thing or one idea I can use to improve my mortgage business. I encourage you to do the same. Over the next 12 months, I plan to do 100 interviews and make 100 improvements. I'm going to track these to see how they impact my business and more importantly, my bottom line. Visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com and post in the show notes what one thing you plan to do differently after listening to this interview and check out what other brokers are sharing. Also, if you'd like to connect with me, fire me an email at scott at I love hearing from passionate mortgage professionals who are interested in improving their business. Until next time, rock on.